Welcome to Postcards from Grafton. We're exploring the most fascinating people and places in our community and everything in between. We are your hosts, Fred Backstrom and Gavin Maziarz from the Grafton Midview Public Library. And this podcast is made possible by the Grafton Village History Association. Today, we are speaking with Jerry Matusik about his life in Grafton, from Bobfeller Day to the present. This episode is part one of a two-part discussion we had with Jerry. So if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please make sure to check out part two being released at a later time, which is more about his experiences working for NASA and the Department of Energy. Our history matters, our community matters. Enjoy the stories. All right, so today we are talking with, uh, lucky enough to talk with Jerry Matusik, uh, who's a longtime Grafton resident and well, lifelong Grafton resident. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself to start I, with Jerry? I am Jerry Matusik, <laughs> but my real name is Gerald. Only my mother called me that when she got mad at me. Other, other than that, I'm Jerry. That's good. What else would you like to know? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get started. Uh, Gavin, you want to start off? Start us off. Sure. Uh, so our first thing to talk about it. How about you tell us about you? Because you know a lot about your own family's history. How about you tell us about their immigration to the United States? I don't have many details, but the best I can tell you about is that my forefathers were either Eskies and or Cordies. Well, they both were the families that made us. <laughs> and they primarily came from Poland. I think there's one German in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. Yes, but I'm not sure which one. And uh, we lived, I and my family lived with my grandparents on Erie Street. And at that point, I had two sisters and a brother. We had relatives that lived right near us, across the street, one horse, one house down. But uh, that was back in, that was before 1951, so I don't remember a whole lot about the old timers. I remember my great-grandmother visiting her with my grandfather. She lived by herself, she was a widow. <laughs> she was probably 100 years old then. Mm. But for some reason, I remember the wallpaper. There was a a water mill scene with the waterfall and big water wheel. I don't know why. It's funny how that goes. And I do remember going to her house with my granddad to split firewood. Mm. She heated with coal and she cooked with wood. Right across the street was my uh, mother's uncle. But that was the Nevesky part. Um, my grandmother, Pauline, and she was in Oveski, mm-hmm. uh, we lived with her until my dad built a house. So this goes back to probably 1950, and my mother would go over to my grandmother's house quite often to take care of her and make sure everything's okay. Well, my granddad would have been that grandmother's husband, mm. Andy Gordy lost his arm, one arm, in a, a quarrying accident on Indian Hollow Road. But it didn't seem to slow him down any. He was fully active. He worked at, as an 
Night Watchman at uh, Sunshine Biscuit. Oh, really up at the mill here. Yeah, except that uh, they were still grinding flour there then. Yeah. They apparently had a kitchen where they would uh, bake things out of the flour that they were working with to test it for something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my mother also worked there part-time after us kids were born. And uh, occasionally she'd bring a loaf of bread home or, really? <laughs> <laughs> or some cookies. <laughs> test bakes. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a major operation over there. It was. I, I don't know how many they employed, but uh, they took the grain in from the farmers like they do today mm -hmm. and ground it and then shipped it off to whoever bagged it for retail sales in Sunshine Biscuits domain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was surprised when uh, my mother told me they had this test kitchen. It's good to know that that was actually happening there. That was a fully uh, independent operation there. They had their own repairmen, they had their own uh, engineers, and their, hmm. their uh, chemists, and so on. I still know a lot of people that actually worked there. My brother's one of them. And the grain was shipped in boxcars. Loose, just in the... Yeah, it hmm. wasn't bagged. I don't know what they did to load it, but to unload it, you know the doors in the boxcar in the middle? Mm-hmm. They would open the door when the car was parked over a pit and the grain would come running out. Drain it. Pretty soon it stops running out. <laughs> so you got people inside with shovels that kind of boosted along. Hmm. Once you get down to where you expose the floor, they had a, a winch-operated dozer blade. Oh. That they would hand-drag it back into the grain, set it down, and then... Go ahead, Joe, and he'd winch it out and spill it into the pit. Somewhat labor-intensive. A little bit. <laughs> so my brother even did that work there for one summer when he was in college. Well, you talked about you know, some of the work the family did, and I broke coal mine. I shouldn't have broken coal mine. But, <laughs> but, but you talked about Andy Cordy in, you know, with the mining incident. Andy Cordy? Yeah. He was injured working in the quarry when he was 12 or something like oh, that. very young. Yeah. And uh, well, he dropped out of school to provide help for the family. Sure. And uh, he must have just started because he was a water boy at the time. And the story goes that he sat down on the track to have a drink of water. A loaded car was by gravity going downhill. Oh. And hit him. You guys might have seen it in the newspaper of the era. They did not expect him to survive. Yeah. But he fooled me. I'm fooled them. I guess so. Yeah, that's often a fatal injury at the time. Yes. Dangerous place to work. And uh, the Cordy side of the family, I don't really have a lot of information on them. Mm. Well, you said you grew up uh, on Erie, right? Yes. Right by the church. Yes, there's the, two, two houses between us and the church. The Irish church. Yeah. And you're Polish, correct? Yes. So, <laughs> was, was there still that division at the time between the two churches, the two Catholic churches in yes. town? Still pretty active. I wondered about that. It was unusual for Polish people to go to the Irish church. Yeah. But in fact, well, 
My the family, now I can't tell you if it's the Cornies or the Novesky part of the family because they both lived here in town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, at least two parts of that family lived on Center Street. That was within a short walk to the Polish church. Right, to the, right by Assumption, yeah. 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 And, uh, and I have no clue why the Cornies settled on Erie Street. But my mother said that there was a, a property swap somewhere along in the <laughs> ancestry where one part of the family was too far from the church they wanted to attend, and so they traded houses. <laughs> but I don't, I, I can't unscramble this. I can't tell you which one was who or where they lived. And my mother, when she was young, lived on Railroad Street. Oh, sure. So she was early in the history of Grafton. Mm -hmm. She had a brother, Chester, who was raised here in Grafton, on Erie Street. <laughs> oh, he, he was alive when they lived on Railroad Street, though, and uh, one of the tales she told was that they were out playing my grandma and her brother, and uh, she came running home uh, till, and started hollering about the train ran over him. Oh, that's right on the spur line there. Yeah. And it was uh, actually the hymn was a dog. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so my mother told me she got a whipping because she scared the living bejeebers out of her mother. <laughs> Fair enough. You should have told me right away. <laughs> a little different, but. Yeah, they were concerned it might have been Chester. Yeah. I mean, understandable, right by the train tracks. Yeah. And I, I don't have any dates of their moving. Mm. I just don't have it. But yes, we, uh, when I was young, uh, uh, we attended Mass at uh, IC, Immaculate Conception. Conception. In fact, I was an older boy there. In 1951, we moved to Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Now we're closer to the Assumption Church within walking distance. So that's where we attended. Oh, really? <laughs> moved to the other side of town and went to the other church. Yeah, but that, I, I can't call it animosity, but mm -hmm. that reluctance to mix was evident. And by the way, the, all the pastors I remember were either Irish or Polish, <laughs> and they went to the proper parish to, to lead. <laughs> I guess it was the way it was. Yeah. So, we didn't have any events together either. No, I mean, really. No, uh, you know, Catholic cookout or anything like that in town. Pretty separated then. Yeah. Because, I mean, they only merged, what, 16, 17 years ago? Uh, I, think like you're, I think you're pretty close. Something like right? that, right? I think it is 17. But that was the official merger. Well, true. As the generations passed, the uh, animosity, if that's what it was called, uh, kind of disappeared. Well, that's, that's good. Well, my first playmate was uh, Irish. Oh, okay. Uh, away from home. Mm -hmm. He lived uh, on Erie Street, as I said, two houses and then the church. Well, the second house was an Irish family. And uh, they had a little girl my age, and she became a nun. Oh, okay. But when I was little, we played together all the time. <laughs> your, your mother never chased me out of the house or anything. Well, that's good. Men have been, been changing for a long time. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs>
You told me before that you rem- the, one of the first things you remember is the parade after World War II ended. The parade, yes. yes. Probably a victory parade or victory celebration. Yeah, the uh, parade ended at the where the traffic light was at the crossing there. I don't remember too much about it, but of course I was there and I was standing next to one of the soldiers who had his rifle and he saw me admiring it. <laughs> he said, do you think you can lift that up? <laughs> I couldn't. No. <laughs> well, that would have been an M1 Garand. Those things were heavy. Very heavy, yes. <laughs> They've been like a club. Uh, they right. had a, uh, I think I told Gavin that there was this uh, large sign that was posted there. Have you ever heard about that one? Yeah, on the on the on the corner. Yes. Yeah, I've seen photos of it, of course. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay, oh, yeah. good. I'm glad. I'm glad the photos are available because that when they knocked down the old Grafton School to make room for the fire station, mm-hmm. I uh, I was scrounging around there. I went in the building was just about all gone, but you could get in the basement, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that was that sign was there. Oh, really? Yes, and uh, huh. I didn't. I, I didn't think. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't aware enough to know that I should save this thing somehow. I yeah. I, I knew I I wanted to, but it was too dang big. I'm not going to carry that home. You know? It was huge. So yeah. So it ended up in the basement there, and I presume it just got buried. I think it was disposed. I think it was. Mm-hmm. That that would have been. I didn't know it was there though. And that was what, 73, 74? They tore that building down? 70s somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to have to say you're right, Fred. I'd have to I look. Know. I, I, I'd have I, to look. We have pictures of it, yeah. but I, it's somewhere in the 70s. So that was a, they took that down quick then. Well, I'm glad you got pictures of the sign. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's in the, it's in the yeah. 109 years book. So. Yeah. I can prove I wasn't dreaming that. <laughs> oh, no, it was definitely there. And I know that there was a W on the top of it. Somebody did keep that. Yeah, I still remember when they bought the first fire truck. No, really? My dad was a volunteer fireman in 36. I think you've got a photo that oh, yeah. he's included in. I've seen him in there. Yeah. Yeah, that was, the, as far as I know, that was the first fire truck. Really? I don't know that for sure, you know. I have to ask Joe Tango. Oh, that's true. He would have been, been the guy to ask. Yes. Have you learned anything more about him? Was he in the, yeah, we know his last name was Dovesky. Mm-hmm. Was he connected to our family? I have no clue. Interesting. That's something to, something to dig into, I guess. It's, it's a name that's been around in town for a long time. Yeah, I'm sure he's mentioned in the history of Grafton that Doris did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Photo of him. In there. <laughs> he started working in Switzer Hardware when I was hmm. 13. Oh, really? And I worked on a truck farm out on Biggs Road first and when I was 12. And then I got this offer of a job at the hardware store. A penny a minute, by the way. Penny a minute? Yes. I was amazed that anybody would be willing to pay that to anybody. A penny a minute. <laughs> it's quite a rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, Joe Tango came in the store one day. And he asked for a one sixteenth drill bit, though so in those days it was not self serve. Mm-hmm. And so I went and got him a, a drill bit, 
and he drilled a hole in his fingernail to relieve the pressure from the place where he hit his thumb with a hammer. Oh, <laughs> the blood started leaking out. Oh, that feels better. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I kind of got a kick out of that. Right there in the store, huh? Yes, yeah. and you worked at Spazar. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, there, that day was some sort of an anniversary for him, but I don't know what it was now. Maybe an anniversary of the time he caught up with the bank robbers or something like that. How many times has the bank been robbed in Grafton now? Oh, over the years? Yeah. A lot, I believe. Yes. It's still, they're still getting robbed. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we had, but I know he was involved in a couple of them there in the way yeah. back when, yeah, when it was in the building where sitting right next to actually. Yeah. Now you probably knew that there was a jail cell in the old school in the basement. Yep. And there was also a jail behind the, oh, who's in there now? We used to be the carry out. The, 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 you know, local, the caboose. Oh, by the, the, it's the oh. bar at the moment. Yes, it was uh, to the west of the caboose Really? And there was a landfill back there at the time. Yeah. And so this was just on the edge of that landfill. I don't know if that's the original location of it or not. Hmm. But I remember going in the, the building. Oh, really? The sandstone building, as I recall it. I, I can't get anybody to confirm this, but I'm, my memory says it was about 10 feet square. Hmm. And it was at a... Partitioned in the center, but it was a just bars divided into two areas. That's the way I remember it anyway. One area being for the prisoner, one area being for the jailer. Yeah, yeah. And in the uh, cell part, there were all kinds of graffiti on the walls. And what I think I told Gavin about was a steamship. Still remember that. Really? Yeah, we drew it about that long. I think it was a four stacker. He drew it with smoke coming out of the stacks. I assume it was a he. I mean, <laughs> most likely at the time. Had a little bit of free time, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> a few minutes at least. Well, that's that is how they used to build them. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I have no idea when that that building disappeared, but there's no trace of it anymore, of course. No, no, right, right near where the right west of the caboose. West of the caboose. The caboose. Hmm. So they, they, there was a carryout store there. Carl Zilke mm -hmm. owned it. And it was almost right behind that store. Oh, immediately behind the building. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was not visible from Main Street. Not from the road, huh? Hmm. I never heard that before. And somebody confirmed the fact that it existed for me one time. It might have been Don Anderson, whose name you've probably heard. Yep, absolutely. If you haven't met him. Well, Don was a local historian. He was very interested. I could usually get uh, answers from him when I had questions. Good to have those sources. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gas stations. Did you know there was a gas station where uh, Rotec? Has a parking lot. Really? Yes. It was just a wooden shack. Probably originally had a visible pump, mm -hmm. but that was gone when I was young. But the shack was still there still in what is now the parking lot. And I remember entering this uh, establishment, 
And uh, just out of curiosity, well, what's in here? And I found that there were a whole pile of these little filling receipt type things. Like everybody using the grocery store and the hardware store, you'd write out what the customer bought and the price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was a pile of them like that in there at the time. So I remember about it. And that's where they that's where they had the Bob Feller Day. Oh, Bob Feller Day. Yeah. In that parking lot. Really? Yeah. What are they doing Bob Feller Day? What are they doing Bob Feller Day? Was Bob Day? Feller there? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> I think it was sponsored by the Kiwanis Club. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they've got records on it. But uh, well, I, the only thing I remember about it was that he was invited to Grafton by probably the Spitzers. I think so, actually. We we talked to them. I think they said, mm -hmm. yeah, we, they had them over for something. And they had uh, brought a hay wagon into the parking lot. Sure, sure. On top of which... Stood Bob Feller and, and a couple of the Graftonian important people. And, and he, he made some address. I don't remember what it was anymore. But you can believe I was there. Well, sure. That <laughs> <laughs> was probably before, maybe just when, they started the, the uh, Hot Stove League here in town. Oh, early on, then. Yeah. It's a popular thing around here. Yes. Just had the parade uh, last week. Who was Bob Feller? Uh, no, not Bob Feller. So. <laughs> I mean, that'd be interesting too. Don't yeah. Be wrong. yeah, just had the hot stove parade. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah I was going to mention one other gas station since mm. Don Anderson's name came mm. to my mind. On Indian Hollow Road, just north of the uh, 303 intersection. Oh, okay. On the east side of the road, before you get to the golf course, it was very near the corner, was a gas station. Really? And I mentioned that to other people my age, and ah, you're dreaming. Oh, man, I'm stopping there, not for gas, but it was closed when I stopped there. Mm -hmm. But again, it was a little wooden shack, and I mentioned it to Don Anderson. Don, am I dreaming? There's no, I remember that. <laughs> they used to be scattered around like that. Pardon me? They used to be scattered around like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of them were, had just gravity pumps. The no oh, pump, yeah. really. Mm -hmm. You have a drum on stilts. And, mm -hmm. I, I don't know any names connected with those. I don't know who owned them, who ran them, or anything like that. A couple other things that uh, I'm interested in, whether anybody remembers them. Fern Moles Dry Goods Store. I don't know much. I mean, the moles, of course, we know, but yeah. I don't know too much about the store so much. Well, it would, have been, will. it would have been right about where we're sitting. Oh, before this building. It was, was the here. little one that got torn down, or one. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure it got torn down. Yeah, there's a small. It was various things, I think. Pardon me. It was a little building. I think it was. Yeah. Was that the one? It was various. Yeah. Well, when, when I stores, when I remembered, then I would just go there with my mother when she was shopping. Mm -hmm. Fernball sold on sewing supplies for the ladies. Sure. And little knickknacks. And I do remember it being heated with a pot belly stove. That's where I saw my first coal bucket. <laughs> well, there you go. We didn't have anything like that for bucket. We used a 10 quart bucket, you know. Sure. She had a coal scuttle. You probably never saw one. 
not in use. No, <laughs> I've seen photos and seen them in yeah. historical sites, of course, but yeah. And somewhere along the line, there was a blacksmith shop. It may be the same building. I don't know. Either that blacksmith shop or the one where custom chrome plating is. Mm -hmm. Tom Trembath ran that blacksmith shop till he retired, mm -hmm. probably when I was in my 20s. I then, he wasn't doing much smithing, it was auto body repair. Yeah, sort of <laughs> morphed into that, didn't it? Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't kick me out of the place. <laughs> I like to watch him, you know? When he was pounding hot iron, man, that was fun to watch. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah, it is. You, went, you were in school right around the time that Bivdi was being formed out of you know, the Grafton school area. Mm -hmm. So was, what was that like, you know, to go into the, like a, basically a brand new school system at the time? Uh, the, only, uh, the only thing I remember about it was the, it was a, uh, there were two sides. Some people didn't want it, some people did. And my parents were for the Midview School District being formed. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of people were not at the time. But as far as us kids go, we felt really bad that they closed Grafton School. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was a, a sad day when Mr. Cox had a, a meeting in the auditorium with everybody in the school, which was, what, 30 people? Yeah. <laughs> and announced that this was going to be the last school day of Grafton School. But, uh, well, I don't remember even much about the construction of the school. I, I did visit the site while they were building it, but nothing really sticks in my mind except for the asbestos ceiling tile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was common to use it for That's that. That's what they had. Yeah, it worked fine. And it was a hard asbestos, so it was not hazardous. But they, no. they considered it so. Yeah. It's too close to being <laughs> it's yeah. hazardous. It's like, just, just get rid of it. Well, I, uh, I played football and... For Grafton School, up the up the road on uh, Elm over there. Yeah, yeah. And it was K through twelve. Yeah, the football field was well. You can't see it today because there's been an addition built onto the school. But oh, it was on that yeah. section. It was just a grassy yard. That's it. You uh, you wanted to sit to watch the game. You brought your own chair. <laughs> the players took the. Uh, Benches out of the gymnasium and carried them outside for their use. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Six man football. I was going to say, was it the six man yeah. football? Yeah. Eleven man football is field is larger than the six man was. I guess it would have a to be a little right? bit. Yeah. But even so, it seemed like there are too many kids out here. They're going to get in my way. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when when it when they uh, merged, or what grade were you in? Uh, probably junior, yeah. Yeah, venue school, I think, opened in when I was a junior. Okay, so you, you've gone to Grafton the whole time, basically, then. Yeah. Hmm. You graduated in 57 from Midview. Yeah, the whole time, almost. Yeah, because yeah. that was 56 was the first year? Yep. That the was, first graduating year. That was major change. I, uh, yeah. you know, the class size went up, and... Uh, of course, we knew we knew enough of the kids that nobody felt. Yeah, I was gonna plenty about it. I mean, they knew us; we knew them. They were total strangers then. Right, yeah. not total strangers. 
Well, why were your parents for it? Do you know? That they thought it would provide better education. Yeah. yeah. I worked for the school board one summer. It had to be right around then because we were gathering all the shop equipment from the surrounding schools and they were brought to Grafton School mm-hmm. where Mr. Gannett and I reconditioned all that we had, clean it and paint it and repair it if it needed it, that kind of thing. So we'd have some good equipment to put in midview when we opened that shop. Makes sense. So it was one summer, so I was probably, I was probably 16. I still worked part-time at the hardware store. <laughs> I liked the hardware business, that was fun. Yeah. I don't know much more about that era, Gavin. Well, you were in a couple of clubs at school, weren't you? Oh yeah, yeah, I was in a camera club, I was a projectionist for the school events. Have you ever been in Grafton School? You, if you were standing on the gymnasium floor, looked at the seats for the spectators or up on an incline, mm-hmm. there was a projection booth at the top in the center of that area, which I understand is no longer there. It's just been I don't removed. believe so. Yeah, I don't believe so. But uh, yeah, they, that was a, they had a movie projector and speakers and I volunteered to be a projectionist, so when they had some class coming in to watch a movie, I had to go and find the loudspeakers and carry them out, put them in selected locations, <laughs> hook up the wires, and then run the film. I got a rifle club. That's something that would be uh, shocking to people today. Yeah, not so common anymore. Well, we had, as you probably saw in our in the Midview school book. In the yearbooks, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that was very popular. We'd bring our rifles to school, mm-hmm. put them in a locker with the ammunition, and we didn't put locks on the lockers. No. <laughs> Never had any problems. And after, uh, one, I think it was like once a week, we would have, we would use the indoor range in Eluria that the police department used. Oh, okay. So they let us come in one night a week or whatever the, the schedule was. And we bring our guns to school and take them with us to Eluria. Yeah. yeah. And when hunting season opened, everybody went hunting. You know. mm. Even the teachers. They take the day off. You know. <laughs> They didn't close the school, but they might just as well have. <laughs> One guy who forgot it was hunting season. <laughs> the two people that don't hunt showed up. <laughs> well, that, that would be a problem on even treatment now, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know that. I know that. Um, well, it's not super related to this, but I know that there are still some schools around the country that'll just take the first day of hunting season off. Mm, or they'll just close the school, and then no one will yeah. come in. I remember somebody I knew in college. You know, not not they didn't go to my college, but I knew them. They said that the first time they the first year they were at college, they didn't show up the first day because they thought it, everybody had that day off. <laughs> <laughs> Just them. <laughs> hey, it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us you know, before you before we start with the employment and the engineering and all that? Just how about 
what was it like, you know, raising a family in Grafton? You know, because you've been here for so long and you got a chance to, you know, actually have children and you have them grow up here. Do you think that you know, the Grafton was a good place for that? You know, for sure. It was small enough that everybody knew everybody. And if you were in trouble, there would be somebody that knew you that would help you out. You know, if you fell off the bridge across the river, somebody's going to see that and they'd they wouldn't just wave at you. They'd go down to get you. Yeah. Uh, no, it was great. I, uh, I was very lucky to live here. And, of course, if you were doing something you shouldn't have been, they knew that, too. <laughs> and your parents would hear about it. <laughs> oh, I got into trouble more than once that way. That's how it goes. Of being crazy about guns, I, uh, my who was it? Chester Smith. When he went off, no, he, he died in the, in the war. Mm. And his mother gave my dad Chester's 22 rifle. And my dad gave it to me to play with. Now, he shouldn't have done that because this is a real firearm. Oh, yeah. But he was smart enough. It was a bolt action. He took the bolt out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it looked like a real gun, and it was, but it was not usable. And I... Uh, I remember that my dad told me to stop flashing that gun around town. <laughs> he says, we've been getting calls from people. <laughs> Did you know your son has a real gun? <laughs> my brother and I would find these uh, 22 caliber empties, the cases. And we gathered up a couple handfuls over the years. And I thought, geez, it'd be nice to be able to put one of these in the gun, you know? They get, Pretend like we were going to really go shooting somewhere. So we made wooden bullets to push into the case. We whittled them so they were rounded a little bit. And then we painted them with aluminum paint so they looked like metal. And we got into trouble for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but somebody stopped at the house one evening with a, several of these things that we'd made up. And... Oh, it was Fritz, the cop, our oh. marshal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because uh, my dad hollered out the backyard where Jim and I were in. You kids come in here. Oh, okay. There's the cop. What is he doing here, you know? <laughs> and he thought they were real. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Where'd you guys get this ammunition? <laughs> well, I just wooden bullets. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, so we weren't allowed to do that anymore because of causing a ruckus here, you know? Fair enough. <laughs> and BB guns. Mm. We had lots of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and kids carry them around town. Sure. Well, one thing before we get too far away from Grafton School, mm. did you know that was a civil defense Observatory at one time. I think I've heard that. What what exactly were they? What's I think uh, they were airplane spotters. Oh, for mm -hmm. yeah, the roof. Yep. Mm -hmm. And even when I was a teenager, they was they had a wooden stairway up to the back of the building. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was still there. We used to go up that stairs of the roof as we played tennis in the yard, and sometimes the ball would go up on the roof. <laughs> You gotta get it. Oh, I need it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
And nobody thought about it then. It was not considered a problem. Now that was there for a long time, I think. Pardon me? I, I think I heard somebody took the neighbor's tractor and reassembled it on the roof at one point. Well, I didn't know about yeah, that. Somebody told me that. I think it was, that was the Flippy X. Was that the Flippy X? Yeah, yeah, that might have been the Flippy X doing that. <laughs> That's what it was. It was mm-hmm. the, every Halloween they would, yep. they would, t- it was the same, it was the same guy's tractor. Neighbor. Take it and they disassemble it and reassemble it on top of, on top yeah. of the school. But they left those stairs there for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kids would have found a way to get the tractor up there anyway, but somebody's got to get it down, so at least the stairs are there for that. That's true. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, Halloween tricks. I was involved in one that uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. Hmm. There were four or five of us guys that hung around together. Well, on trick-or-treat night, we were walking around town. And we were teenagers by then. And on uh, Mechanic Street, partway down the street on the, what would be the south side, uh, there was this lady that had a front porch. And she had this big rock by the steps that went up to the porch just as a decorative thing you know looked at that rock and we decided we we're going to put it up on the porch for her so we did but we put it in front of the door <laughs> to make sure that the resident would find it <laughs> so we went on our way and pretty soon Fritz comes pulling up to the curb. He says, come on over here, boys. I need to talk to you. So we go over to the car. He says, I know you guys didn't do this. He said, but somebody put a big rock in front of Mrs. So-and-so's front door. Will you guys go get that thing off of there? (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll take care of it. (laughs) Peaceable. Everybody was happy in the end. (laughs) No arguments. Nope. All taken care of. Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention that, too, because uh, as small as Grafton was, there were there was plenty of work for kids. Mm-hmm. So if you really wanted to do something to make enough money to go to the movies or something like that, you, know, you could find something to do. Like, uh, I think Sparkle Market back then, when they were on Main Street here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they delivered groceries. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends... Work for them regularly with their car or truck, or whatever it was, and yeah. he would make grocery deliveries around town. Now it was part time, maybe sure. just on the weekends. I don't know. I don't. I never, don't remember. But well, I worked the hardware store. Started out by sweeping the floor. Mm-hmm. Ended up threading pipe. Nobody else wanted to do it. For me, that was perfect. I was operating a machine, man. And in fact, we had three full-time truck drivers working in Spitzer Hardware, or for Spitzer Hardware. We had a full-time secretary there. We had a full-time manager there. Hmm. And me. That's quite a few people. Yeah, I thought so. At that time, we sold all kinds of things that you don't find anymore, like coal. Sure. We had a coal yard and uh, made deliveries. Surprising how many people would come with a bushel basket. Really? And we had to weigh it. Oh, sure, yeah. And we'd fill up their basket, put it in the trunk for them, and off they go. 
And when this one fellow came in and wanted to buy a length of pipe, steel pipe, mm -hmm. might have been one inch pipe or something like that, it was 20 feet long. And uh, and okay, I waited on him. I was helping and clerking too. And uh, I said, well, where do you want me to put this? He said, we'll just take it out in the, he said, I'm parked there by the truck scale, we had an outdoor scale you could drive on. Oh yeah. Next to the building. And uh, he's not parked next to the scale. And he says, I'm going to take it home with my car. He does. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got the pipe out there. And so what we did at his instruction, we slid the pipe under the car, raised one end up till it's as far as it would go. We tied it to the bumper with, with bailing twine. And we raised the back end up until as far as it would go and tied it to the rear bumper. With building twine, off he went. <laughs> I hope he didn't spear anybody. Ride <laughs> home, but become a dangerous uh, weapon there. That's a point. Yeah, but you know the cars were roughly twenty feet long, uh, so you know, there wasn't much sticking out. True enough, it was larger vehicles. But I, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, I was going to get this thing home in its car. <laughs> he was smarter than me. I mean, <laughs> found a solution. I'll give him that. Well, we talked about the hardware store, but that wasn't your first job, right? Like your first. Uh, my first, my first job away from home. We delivered newspapers when I was eight, I think. My brother and I. No, he was eight. I was ten. Uh, but yeah, my first job was at uh, Jim Polson's truck farm on Biggs Road, down near the the dead end part of Biggs. Mm -hmm. Worked there one summer. And uh, 35 cents an hour, I still remember that. So it was general farm work. He, he sold vegetables. He had a horse, but he used the horse for his hotbeds when you start seedlings in the cold weather. Eat a bed with decomposing manure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he was also a horse uh, aficionado and he would cultivate with his horse do things like that that he certainly didn't have to do because we had tractors. But he just liked to do it. Yeah. Anyway, he was a good guy. He hired kids in the summertime for the produce. And uh, the following year is when I got that penny and a minute job at the hardware store. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I mean, that's a nice raise. Admittedly. It sure was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, oh, not only that, I got a 10% discount on anything I wanted to buy. What do you think about that now? Win-win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and after that, what did I do? Geez, I was still working off and on at the hardware store when when I graduated. Oh, yeah, the hardware store manager offered to teach me the business because he wanted to retire. Mm -hmm. His name was Alton Hales. Nice guy. But uh, he, he offered that job to me. He says, I'm going to retire. And he says, you do good here. He said... Uh, but there is a problem. I said, what's that? He says, it don't pay for crap. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you, I, thought, I thought if you could raise a family on it. <laughs> he did, but his wife was a hairdresser and she added to the income too. Mm -hmm. So I didn't take him up on that. So uh, I worked for a couple of farmers that summer after school, mm -hmm. after I graduated. Mm -hmm. There were no jobs available. No. I would knock on doors down the street trying to find work. 
wasn't a depression or a recession, but it was, boy, you couldn't find a job, whatever you call that. And I went to work uh, for Iron Fireman Manufacturing Company in Cleveland on the west side. Uh, one of my schoolmates' dad was the personnel manager there. Now, my buddy, his son, and I were good, close friends. So he knew the situation about us trying to find jobs when they had an opening uh, for summer help. We were offered the opportunity to work there during the summer. Um, they apparently decided what I was doing was okay because they want, they offered a full-time job there. Keep your own job, yeah. yeah. And they offered a, uh, they would pay for my engineering degree. Said, Man, <laughs> I didn't expect that. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, of course I didn't, I wasn't, and I didn't think I was engineering material. I have an awful time with math. That kind of wipes you off the, yeah. off the slate <laughs> when it comes to engineering. And uh, I, I went two semesters to Penn College. That was night school. Mm -hmm. I worked during the day in our environment. And uh, before, it must have been my senior year, our chemistry teacher arranged a visit to NASA for the chemistry class. Mm -hmm. And I was part of that class. And I remember him telling me, George Sander was his name, he said, you need to take the civil service exam because they're probably going to be hiring at NACA. And uh, so I did take the exam, never heard anything from them. So I'm working happily at Iron Fireman, love my job, like the people. I get this phone call from uh, NACA, are you still interested in the job? Yeah, maybe, but what job is it? <laughs> Oh, they, they were starting an apprentice class, and uh, I had a choice of being a pipe fitter apprentice, a space mechanic, welder, and uh, various electronics fields. So I took them up on it and selected the machine shop. That's my baby. And... That's where I retired from 100 years later. Must have been the right place then. It sure was. I, I can't imagine if I custom made a position for me, it would be that. <laughs> <laughs> a big thank you to our guest, Gerald Matusik, for joining us to discuss his experiences in Grafton today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to watch out for part two about Mr. Matusik's experiences uh, working for NASA and the Department of Energy, which we just got started talking about a little bit at the end of this episode. But for more local history content, check out the Grafton Midview Public Library's collection online at gmplibrary.org slash local history. You can find lots of documents, images, and other audio recordings there 24-7. If you have a question for us or a topic you'd like us to explore in a future episode, or if you'd like to participate and share yourself, please email us at postcardsfromgrafton at 
gmail.com. That's postcardsfromgrafton at gmail.com. You can also give us a call or stop by the library. Thank you for listening. <laughs>